This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Well, it's summertime and the living is anything but easy here on the Music Mania podcast. And we have a big show for you today as I'm going one-on-one with Mitch LaFon. Yes, the host of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon on Westwood One. Of course, you can check that out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. One of the greatest, one of the best interviewers, one of the best rock journalists, one of the most respected guys in the business, Mitch LaFon is going to be joining us to talk about a myriad of things. You know, when I get other interviewers on this show, we tend to just talk music and talk about our experiences and passion and how it came to be. We're going to ask him about his first interview at age 11 with Gene Simmons and on into his latest show, which features members of Collective Soul, Lit and Poison. You can follow him on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, and you can follow us on Twitter at MusicMania underscore show. I'll tell you, summer concert season is off and running, and uh, I hit the ground running myself this past Memorial Day weekend. I didn't get a lot of fun and sun uh, on, on the lake or anything like that because I was uh, at, at two concerts. I did do uh, Poison and Cheap Trick um, on Friday night, um, which uh, you can read my review of that show on the website, MusicManiaPodcast.com. But uh, in short, it was a good set from Poison, maybe a little scaled down stage-wise. The venue was a bit ambitious, probably we got six or seven thousand in there out of a, a venue that seats 18 so they held the whole upper level blocked off for this show and and poison really they cut two songs out of the set that ha- they started the tour with i won't forget you and cry tough were both absent and for diehard fans you know people that love going to see poison year after year you want to see a set list change and you really didn't get that on this tour which i think is the most disappointing thing other than that Brett Michaels still uh, doing a great job. He's still, you know, the ringleader of Poison, and there's no doubt about that, which is why he does so much solo touring and, and so much branding of his own, aside from Poison, which members of the band, you know, have kind of taken exception with over the years. But it's good to see Poison back. They're kind of a staple for summer for me. I first saw them on the reunion tour back in 1999. So kind of a cool thing for me as, as I went to that show spending my last $20 as a, as a 15-year-old kid for a lawn seat at Sandstone Amphitheater in Kansas City, they were uh, touring with Rat and uh, Great White and L.A. Guns. And to fast forward to now, to, to see him and to be on the band's list to, to get into the show, and um, it's just kind of surreal. Say what you want about Poison, but... Me seeing that show back in 99 really kind of started a a rock and roll journey for me. And sure, my tastes have evolved since then, but I still have fun at Poison shows. And I'll make no bones about it. And this is a a fun tour, and they always bring it. And it's great to see the four original members of Poison and CeCe DeVille and Brett Michaels, Bobby Dahl, and Ricky Rocket on stage together. And uh, the tour's going well. Be sure to catch this if you see it. And then the next day, I saw Alabama. Yes, Country Superstars, Alabama. I saw them down at the Ozarks Amphitheater, which is a fantastic venue. So I got uh, two big shows this weekend. It's just the start of many summer concerts for me. I've got Brian Adams coming up, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella. I know I've got uh, Bush um, on the horizon. 
Shows like Foreigner and White Snake coming up, uh, Weezer and uh, Alice Cooper, and there's there's many more. Uh, it's going to be a fun summer. We're going to talk to Mitch about his concert schedule for the summer. Always busy. He is a busy guy. He is the foremost authority when it comes to all things hard rock music, and I would say um, go to him, listen to his podcast, check out uh, everything he does because uh, you know he's real. He's a fan. He's got the passion for it, and beyond being a fan, now he takes his job very seriously as a journalist and it's something that I aspire uh, to get to that level where, where he's at where a lot of his interviews are picked up by sites like Blabbermouth and before I bring you the interview with Mitch LaFon I've got to tell you about our sponsors CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri for over 22 years a staple of the Northland when it comes to music I've bought 95% of the music I still own today from CD Warehouse buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more Guys, check out uh, CD Warehouse in Gladstone. The owner, Randy Ringer, mentioned Music Mania, and he will give you a discount. Or it's on us. CD Warehouse in Gladstone, a staple for over 22 years. tell you what, Mitch, we are so excited to have you on the Music Mania podcast. You've been talking a lot about uh, about the summer concert season. It's all kind of kicking off, and I know uh, you're out there, and you're as, at as many shows as yep. anyone. We just had Poison roll through here in Kansas City on, on Friday. What shows have you seen so far, and what do you what do you have coming up, my man? Okay, so uh, what I've seen in the last little bit uh, has been quite a bit. I've seen uh, Joe Satriani, the M3 Festival, uh, George Thorogood, Sons of Apollo. Uh, boy, what else? What else? I've got uh, coming up. I've got a ton coming out. I've got. Uh, I saw Warner, by the way. I saw the Judas Priest tour when it came by. Black Star Riders, which I like. Coming up in in June. Uh, well, starting tomorrow, I've got Slayer with Anthrax, and then I've got uh, Foreigner with Whitesnake. I've got Poison with Cheap Trick. I've got George Thorogood again. Uh, I've got Sebastian Bach. I've got uh, Tesla with uh, Joan Jett and Styx. Uh, I've got REO Speedwagon. Uh, boy, what else is coming up? The Dead Daisies, of course, later this summer is coming up. Just, just an incredible heavy Montreal is coming up in in July. So just a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, the Gen X tour with Lit and um, Buck Cherry. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be moving around. <laughs> you do. You got you got. That's a bit. That's a pretty busy summer. I thought mine was busy, but my goodness, that's uh, crazy. And I want to go back because it's been a few weeks now. But you had, you had some uh, some comments on on the Bon Jovi tour that rolled in. I think you went to both nights and uh, had, had some comments about the set list and stuff. Now, a lot of people have looked at this. They went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, only about a month or so ago. What did you see right. from the shows and kind of the difference between maybe some of the newer material and some, some of the older stuff? Well, you know, I've been a Bon Jovi fan since, um, you know, Slippery and even Fahrenheit. And there was a certain something about those shows back then. There was an energy. There was there was an exuberance. The, the set list. I had a lot of rock and the rock songs of course they, they were great songs weren't to be my baby and you give love a bad name I mean these these are undeniable hits and uh, the first night in Montreal they they in fact both nights they played some of the older stuff um, uh, sort of let me rephrase that the newer stuff I should say and when they played the newer stuff the fans just sat down they just yeah. they just sat down and, you know, when they played You Give Love a Bad Name and Living on a Prayer, people were standing up, they were cheering, they were clapping, they were singing along, and then they would play whatever one of the new songs is called, and they would just sit down. 
And it was very strange for me because Montreal has always, always been a super Bon Jovi town. You know, uh, when when Bon Jovi in the early 2000s were doing one night in places, they were doing three in Montreal. When they were doing, um, you know, two-hour shows in, in, in Chicago, they were doing three-hour shows. I mean, going to a Bon Jovi show in Montreal, you always got... 27 songs, 28 songs, 30 songs even on one occasion. And it was just strange to see people sitting down and just going, yeah, can we get to the next song? I I hadn't seen that before. Now, the second night, they changed it around. You know, they threw in a few more of the older ones. We got Runaway and we got uh, These Days or whatever. And it was a much, much better show. And, and, and traditionally, they've been better in Montreal on the second nights. The first, no, the first night always seems to be, well, here's the standard tour set list. And the second night always seems to be, okay, you crazies deserve something different. And, and they've done that for 30 years, which is amazing. And the second night was fantastic. First night was, was a little bit, you know, sleep-inducing, but... <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? That's a good word for it. And you know, it, it kind of showed in the in the in the performance. I thought even at, at some of the at the at the, uh, the Hall of Fame induction and stuff like that. But um, I want to get into this with you because Mitch, you've been doing this a long time. You do a tremendous podcast, and I want to urge everyone to subscribe to that uh, on iTunes. Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon or One on One with Mitch Lafon. It's great. You, you've been doing this so uh, long. One on One is gone, but we are now Rock Talk. Yeah, so please subscribe to that, and it's it's all over the place. You can even go to Amazon Alexa and say Mitch Lafon. On and it'll pop up. That's scary in a way, but I, I kind of like it. I, I'm, I'm going to have to try that. And uh, but we're going on one on one right now, so we're resurrecting it for one yes. one day at least, right? One episode. Right? And. Like uh, Mitch, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, and I remember I read a story, and I think that it was something you, you had posted on social media about doing your first interview at age 11, and I want just talk about, because I know for me that the passion for music has always been there, and, and I didn't know exactly how to how to get that out, but when I realized I couldn't play an instrument or sing, I realized, hey, I could interview musicians, I could do concert reviews, and that was kind of my way, way in. Is that kind of how it, how it hit for you? And your first interview, I think, was with Gene Simmons at age 11. How did that come about? And just talk about your, your entry into, into the business, so to speak. Well, it, that is true. I, I have absolutely no talent, zero musical talent. I, 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 I tried. I tried guitar. I wanted to be Ace Fraley. Realized that that was not going to happen. And then I figured, well, it's not that hard to just hit things. So I tried drumming. And then I read. Then I. And then of course I tried drumming when Creatures of the Night came out. And I tried to follow along to that. And I went, mm, yeah, it's not going to work either. So, so I do do the the interview thing. But when I was uh, eleven years old, back in 1980. I have always had a very high level of English. I had been tested as having university level English and so on and so forth back in back in you know when I was ten. So I I, I pulled out the Kiss record, which was I guess Dynasty at the time, and on the back of it they had the uh, contact for Ocoin Management, or maybe it might have been an earlier record, but I pulled out a record and said Ocoin Management. So I called the operator, because back then there was no Google. You would actually have to phone the operator of the local city and say, I need the phone number for whatever, and I did, and they gave me the phone number. And uh, I phoned the office, and I had very good very good English, and I said to the lady in a very, you know, blah, 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 I'd like to have an interview, and, and, you know, I sounded very mature and very old, and they said, yes, that's fine. Uh, and they said, would you like to interview Paul Stanley? And I said, okay, that works for me. Uh, and I, I went and told my mom and, and I said, um, can we 
drive from Montreal to New York because I've got this Paul Stanley interview. And she was like, what? I said, no, believe me, I do. And, and then they phoned <laughs> back and they, they said, uh, I forget if it was a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, but they phoned back and they said, oh, we're so sorry. Paul has canceled or Paul is unable to do it. And I was like, oh, fuck. And they said, well, how about if you interview Gene Simmons, would that be suitable? And I was like, no. Yeah, I'm disappointed, but sure, I'll I'll take that, and and, and so I did, and uh, you know, my mom, you know, bless her soul, because I've criticized her many times for other things, but um, <laughs> she drove me down. You know, she she drove me down to New York, and um, you know, that's that's like it's a seven and seven seven and a half eight hour drive. And I'm not sure many parents would indulge their eleven year olds whim to drive eight hours to go interview somebody in the middle of summer. Uh, June 9th, 1980, but she did. And um, we had thought, well, you know, it's probably going to be very strange if I show up and interview him. Why don't you interview him? And, uh, you know, because she was working for Denmark's radio and CBC, Canadian Broadcasting at the time. And she did. And I prepped her. I gave her all the questions. I did all the research, which I still do to this day. And she did 15, 20 minutes with him. And you can you can find it on YouTube because I put it on YouTube. I mean, obviously, the audio quality from 1980 is not uh, as it is today, Mm -hmm. but you can still hear it. And at the end of it, she said, oh, my son would like to ask you a few questions. And. Gene, um, always being very, very uh, benevolent and very nice. I mean, his public persona is the, the demon. But when you get, you know, the charity work and all that, he said, sure. And I got eight minutes with him and I asked him a bunch of questions. And he was exceptionally surprised, if you listen to the tape, of, first of all, the, the maturity level of the question and then the, then the follow-up. And he tried to say, well, you know, if Santa Claus came down the the chimney without and you figured it was just your uncle and i was just like yeah yeah yeah, but still uh and i you know and and it turned out great and, and it sort of created a a cachet because somewhere around 93 or 94 you know kiss online uh, got started and um i had submitted the interview to uh, the site and they posted it and it got talked about in kiss news groups and stuff and i remember sitting in a studio with tracy guns and he looked at me and he said, he goes, you're the kiss guy. I was like, what? He goes, you're the one who interviewed Gene. And I was like, yeah. And and that sort of helped build the reputation. And it was almost like, you know, the shiny new toy. He's the dude who interviewed Gene when he was 11. And it led it led to working for Brave Words magazine. And it led to all this stuff. And Brave Words led to this. And this led to Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho led to what Westwood won. And so that that was sort of the turning point to all of this where, you know, I didn't do, I mean, I did, I did university, but not in broadcasting or anything. And it led to this very strange and exciting career. And it's, it's, it's been very, very fun. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a true story. It's a great story. It's, it's a turning point. It's, you know, you can't, you can't beat it. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you know, you, uh, you talk about being a part of the, uh, the Jericho network, um, on Westwood one. So it's on Westwood one. And then of course, Google play, Apple, uh, podcasts, uh, Amazon Alexa and, and the rest of the rest, the rest of those places. And on this latest episode, Mitch, you've got uh, Collective Soul, Lit, and Poison uh, members from, from each one. Great stuff. Just listen to it. Uh, here I think you had Ricky Rocket and Will, uh, the, the drummer, Will, from uh, from Collective Soul. 
Uh, talk about this latest episode. It's up now. Um, good, great stuff as always. Bringing it and uh, you know, put. I always love the putting multiple ones. I, I tend to usually do one guest per interview, and then I realize I, I have a thirty-two minute podcast here. I always, it's good to load them up. You know, you got the several guests. People can hear the different ones they want to hear. I think that's awesome. Great new episode, and they can find that uh, right now. It's up and ready to go. Right. Yeah, it is. It came out on Monday, so no, it's. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've. Always wanted to get it down to to two guests and just leave it at that. But the problem is, is that I do so many interviews. In fact, you know, we're sitting here at the end of May, and I've almost essentially finished all my interviews for June. And you know, you try to you have to try to keep them fresh, and you have to try to keep them relevant. And it's 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 silly to have a, an interview done in May that you're going to run, you know, a week before July. So I had no choice but to start doing these these three at a time things and you know i i like it now uh, it, it's it's long to put together but you know if you t- tune into the show and you don't like collective soul and there's only collective soul there you'll probably turn it off off real come to it now and you're a poison fan well, you might say, hey, you know what, Collective Soul, they had that song, Shine, let me see what this guy has to say, and you might give it a shot. And then, you know, with Lit, which is not musically in terms of style, not that very different than Poison, you might say, hey, you know what, and and you might be compelled to listen to some shows that you might just, if you're not a fan, you so it gives, it gives the fan a chance to discover and check out people that they may not discover and check out necessarily so I, I like doing that and and what i also like doing these days is i like getting a, a co-host a special guest if you want and on this one we had adam hamilton who used to be in la guns and of course if you listen to it he, he tells the stories of how he's on the last poison record he's the guy who does all the hand claps which i think is a funny story and he talks about how he was partying with cc and steve lukather and all that would come over and it was it was like a drug fueled haze for a couple of years and and I think that's interesting. So I think it adds color, much like when you're watching football or hockey. There's a, co- a color guy, a color commentator. I think it adds a little bit of life to the interview rather than, well, here's Ricky. Okay, let's go. And oh, here's Will. Okay, let's go. But like, here's a guy who knows these guys, who's toured with these guys, and he's going to add a little bit of color to it. And I think I think it's a fun a fun concept. And you know, my choices are either don't accept some interviews you know don't accept will and don't accept jeremy popoff and only do ricky but then maybe lose potential listeners i I got all kinds of alternative press on the collective soul interview which i don't normally get because i'm i don't normally do alternative music and so uh it's beneficial and and it's, and it's it's fun and it's it's necessity too because i can't run this ricky rocket episode on july 1st when the tour is already over you know so I, you have to pump it out absolutely uh we got ricky rocket coming up uh, i think next week ourselves and 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 um mitch one thing i wanted to ask you because uh, as someone that does a lot of interviews you've done hundreds in your career um i've been my in my life thousands <laughs> I've, I've only had one that, that that I lost control of that went completely off the rails, and that was with Johnny Rod from Wasp. Have you ever had one that you just completely lost control of and never quite, <laughs> never quite got back again? Um, lost control of no, because I think I, I I always end up turning it around somehow. But there are some that have been not as good, and for many reasons. Uh, sometimes it's my fault. 
Sometimes it's the guest's fault. You know, sometimes I think what you have to remember when you're doing interviews and people do interviews is that you're, you're still human. So if you have a cold or if you've had a bad day or if the kids have been nasty to you or the wife was, was, was miserable or, or the weather sucks or, and you're coming into this interview – you might not be in the proper headspace and it, it might just not work out. Um, you know, there are some times where the artist or the artist management, especially on some of the bigger names, they will say, you are not allowed to ask about that. You are not allowed to ask about this. And you'll start the interview and then the artist starts talking about it and you're like, oh, Christ. Now, now what do I do? Do I follow up because that's the natural instinct or do I pull away from this really great, conversation we're having because management might now block me from the next 10 artists on their roster and so so you have all these things that go on in your mind and so the, the short of it is yeah i've had you know listen there was one time uh and i'll name names here but not 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 in a mean-spirited but i was talking to lita ford she was supposed to call at one o'clock at one o'clock, she didn't call. So I, uh, you know, at one o five, she didn't call. I sent an email saying, "Where is she?" And, and at one, and they finally got her on the phone, like at one forty. And she didn't seem to be in a in a particularly good mood. And she was, you know, I think the right thing would have been maybe for for management and the publicist to recognize that and and reschedule. But the interview went through. The answers I were getting were very short, very curt, very sort of. Pfft. And it didn't go as great as it should have been. I don't blame her. I've, I've interviewed her before that, and she was absolutely wonderful. But on that one particular interview, it didn't it didn't fly. And it happens. Yeah. And it's not because Lead is a horrible person. She's not. She had a bad day. She had a bad 20 minutes. And, you know, I, I probably were somewhat to blame because when you're half an hour late – it screws up the rest of your schedule because sometimes you have, you know, an interview at one and with an interview at one thirty, and now, so I might've been a little more unaccepting. Uh, so it happens. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I did an interview recently with Blackie Lawless, if you, which was about, you know, four or five episodes ago. And if you listen to it, he was absolutely wonderful and charming and, and gave answers to questions and, and ex- expanded on, but I did one, probably around the neon god days i guess so 2004 5 and he was just awful mm-hmm. and you know what i walked away thinking oh blackie lawless is awful but maybe blackie had a bad day maybe he had a car crash maybe he got the news that a family member was i don't know so it does happen and when it does happen you just have to remember that it's once you know give it a second shot move on you know, not everything's going to be great. You know, you look at a hockey player or a baseball player, they play a hundred and whatever, 80 games in baseball. There's going to be four or five stinkers during that summer, you know? And so you just have to accept it. And, um, what you really need to remember is you have to stay professional. You cannot get to social media and say, I just interviewed Blackie and he was an ass because that makes you the asshole and you can't do that. You just have to say, okay, for whatever reason, it didn't work. Maybe it'll work next time, and it'll we'll move on. And it happens. And you look at Blackie. I interviewed him. Go back on, on the Westwood One Network and listen to the Blackie. He was great. He was absolutely great. So, so you know, what is it? Is he always great, or is he always the asshole from 2004? <laughs> I don't know, right? Yeah. But you, ha- you have to give it a second chance. And it does happen. It, it, it's... It's like anything. What, you're in Kansas City, you said, or down in... Right yeah, in, uh, Kansas City, yep. 
Yeah, so you 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 followed the Kansas City Chiefs every so often. Yeah. Um, every so often, the quarterback throws a few long passes, and the band and, and the the Chiefs win. And other times, it's a it's a bloody nightmare. But it happens. Well, that's know? that's a tough metaphor for me, as it's been a bloody nightmare since 1970 when the team last won the Super Bowl. But Mitch, I, I definitely appreciate the reference, nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> uh, as, as a Washington fan, I'm not in a in a better place to it to talk. It's been what 90, 91. 90, 91, 92? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. We we just gave you our quarterback though, so you know we'll have that connection. You know, for the next few years, that's great, man. But Mitch, I. Um, I wish we had more time because I, I could talk music with you all day, my friend. I, I can't thank you enough oh, for, for give me a couple more questions. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, as as you know, I, and I was going to mention uh, for my Johnny Rod deal, it went off the rails because he was in a, in a in a drug induced state. That that's what happened to mine, and it was my right. most listened to interview of all time because it was insane. And so it was definitely not a matter of anyone having a bad day, just uh, maybe a, a few too many. And I, this this I'm cutting this part out. This is just off the record. But this uh, it was it was it was a crazy one though. That was a that was a crazy one. And it's funny that you had a Blackie Lawless who he talked a lot about. So that I love the Blackie Lawless one. And yeah. what do you just you know random talking about Wasp um, as we bring it yeah. kind of bring it in here. Um, they, this is a band that hasn't toured America since '04. Do you think that yeah. there's still a chance? Because I, I think Blackie may have burned some bridges with promoters uh, through that Neon God tour. Although I did see it here in Columbia, Missouri, that they could bring that back to the U.S. Does, does Wasp have any interest in doing that? Do you think? You know, when I when I asked him about it in the interview, I got the sense, and you know, go back and listen to the tape and get your own sense. But I got a sense that yeah, he would like to come here and. You know, it's it's hard for for a band like Wasp to uh, to tour North America because the market is somewhat splintered. Most of the bands that tour at his level are on festivals, and to get a Wasp show on a festival is a bit difficult because you've got to have that special stage for the for the the microphone setup that he likes to be on. And to see a Wasp show at six o'clock in Missouri when the sun's right in your eyes is not an ideal condition to see a wasp show so I, I would love to see it happen i think that he wants to make it happen i do think that at some point we will see it happen but i think the conditions aren't there yet for for promoter meets stage so great to catch up with Mitch LaFon, and just for one day and one day only i went one-on-one -on -one with Mitch LaFon. i know the show now is called Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, and be sure to check out everything he does. It was a great conversation. Really appreciated uh, him doing that. And look, we, we just two similar guys, two similar stories, really. Um, you know, I, I'm just someone that uh, was always loved music going back to when I was a kid, and I saw Kiss's Destroyer album in my grandparents' basement that had belonged to my uncle, and it just kind of set forth a, a rock and roll odyssey for me. And uh, kind of the same for Mitch. He's uh, been around a long time and done this at, at a very high level, and I respect him a lot. So, Appreciate him joining us, guys. The live shows are just starting. You heard, you know, if you've heard the show before, you know that I'm adamant about seeing live shows and going to see bands because we're in a crucial stage right now. Um, who are you going to go see in 2025? These bands are, uh, you know, they're getting older, retiring. There's unfortunately been members passing away the last couple years from, from bands. And we want to go out and support them and see these guys while they're still here and I mean, it's just, that's what it's about. The, the music is what drives this podcast, and we uh, look forward to bringing you a lot of great coverage as the summer goes on. Looking forward to some interviews coming up. Can't quite say what they are yet, but uh, it's going to be exciting. going to be really good stuff. We appreciate you listening here. Uh, always appreciate you pressing the subscribe button on iTunes or YouTube. 
and following us on Twitter at musicmania underscore show. Got an idea for a show? Want to send in a concert review? Got an idea for a guest? Hit us up. Always feel free to do so, and we appreciate that, guys. This is Clint Schweitzer from the Music Mania Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time, next week, 